0: Welcome to the Cold World Podcast. How you all doing out there? I know I am uh, uh, going up against the Emmys, but it's all good. It's a lot of stuff happening in the country, man. Wanted to make sure we talked about it. Uh, A few of the topics that we got tonight. um, Definitely want to talk about those five goals that we set. Got to talk about this fight from last night, the Triple G Canelo fight. Um, This Hillary Clinton book. Our guy Trump all that good stuff um, that guy that guy's wild man so uh, also want to jump into uh, this 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 just a few other like I think I, I think there's a lot of non news that's in the news right now and we gotta we gotta be careful with that stuff man I just think that stuff is whack anyway so let's jump in so watched the fight last night I'm a big fight fan I was really excited for this Triple G Canelo fight. And for all intents and purposes, the fight was bomb. It was a great fight. You know what I mean? Like I think that I didn't really know who I thought was gonna win. I just wanna see a really good fight. And uh it, it was it was really interesting, man, because you know, Canelo came out really strong early on in Triple G, once he got his legs under him, it was it was a really good fight and I was always looking forward to part two regardless of who won and boxing did what boxing always does they shoot themselves in the foot man like I'm one of those people that I, I love boxing I'm not I've, I MMA has not grabbed me the way it has grabbed a lot of other people I still think that there's far more money to be made in boxing I think boxing is a pure sport whatever that means you know and that's not hating or throwing shade or aspersions on anybody in MMA right And I think you got these two superstars and especially I was really happy for Triple G because, you know, Triple G was, um, you know, he's 35, man. Like, and he was getting ducked for a long time. So I'm glad he got to get this payday and and hopefully he gets to get this next payday. And then Canelo is going to be all right, regardless if he would have won or not. And for them to call that fight a draw when Triple G was clearly up and for that first judge to give the fight to Canelo 118 to 110. Like you just kill all of the credibility, man. That you that you worked so hard to build. Like you, you, you are you can't be throwing fights like that. Just in, in like people not dumb. It was it was a close fight. It was a good fight. But one eighteen to one ten for Canelo. Was we watching the same fight? And I just think that um, it's that type of stuff that's hurting, man. And they and I I feel like. Golden Boy and Oscar De La Hoya wanted to ensure that there'd be a rematch, but there would have already been a rematch. Both of those guys are warriors, man. They are animals in the ring, and they're they going to give it their all. We would have got another fight regardless of, if you would have named the winner. So I think Triple G got robbed, and, um, you know. But, hey, I guess it don't mean nothing if I go and buy the next fight, right? You know, and I just think that that that, that it, it, it sucks that, that that happened that way. I think that that's just super whack. But anyway, let's move on. I don't want to spend too much time there because I was really upset when I left my brother's house last night. Because it was just, that just wasn't the business, man. But one of the other things I want to talk about is Hillary Clinton has a book coming out. She has a book that's out. And this book is definitely going to be a New York Times bestseller. It already is. And we, we got we to gotta listen, man. This all-or-nothing attitude around Hillary Clinton and and, and and what happened between her and Bernie and with Trump, let me keep it all the way 100 with you around Hillary Clinton. Let's just be really, really clear because people act like you can't have nuance in just today's society, right? Do I respect Hillary Clinton? Absolutely. I think Hillary Clinton should have won the presidency. I think she'd be a ton better than donald trump i i don't think it would even be close all right did hillary clinton have a likability problem yes all right she definitely did um i just felt that a lot of times during the campaign she just did not come off as genuine i felt like she pandered a lot and i don't feel like i left that campaign knowing who the real Hillary Clinton was. I think that Hillary Clinton being a smart, driven, amazingly successful, overqualified person for president like is enough. I think that that was enough and I think that if I if she would have stuck in that space as opposed to talking about hot sauce in her bag and 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 really just clearly pandering and I remember like that one moment that did it for me on a breakfast club where they told her that she was pandering and she said, is it working? Like, like I get it, you know what I'm saying? I get the pressures and I get that being a woman is like tough, man. Like I'm not about to act like, you feel me? I'm not about to act like I understand what it means to be a woman in this country. I understand what it means to be a black man in this country, but I'm not going to act, act like this woman wasn't super mistreated throughout. I'm not going to act like this woman wasn't qualified because she was but to tell me that because i don't like her like like you you just can't tell me that i can't be nuanced i can say hey i don't necessarily love how this person is presenting but i'm clearly voting for this person for president right you know and i and i and i think on the other side of that i think you know with this bernie sanders stuff i do think that there was a lot of things that happened to bernie sanders that was kind of foul during that election i get it man i hear that I hear it, and I think that we have a chance to redeem ourselves with whoever our next candidate is. I think it's going to be Kamala Harris, but I don't know. Things can change. I think Kamala Harris is strong, and I think that if 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 folks on our side, and what I mean by that is not just, like, highly progressive and things like that. I mean talking about just Democrats and even, like, Republicans that feel that Donald Trump is just a dangerous character. Like, let's look at what Donald Trump is doing. Like, he is ripping families apart, like— Hit his, his like he has turned the White House into a circus act and he has ran through a whole bunch of people. He's fired people, he's trying to intimidate staff. Like when anytime this is what I need y'all to understand, yo. Anytime there is a marked tagged and there is evidence to show that somebody has had racist practices, such as our attorney general, anytime somebody can make me feel bad for that person, it just it just exemplifies. How How diabolical you are I think Donald Trump is a diabolical dude Did I have a bunch of problems with Donald Trump Before he became president? Not really I just didn't put that much stock in him right? He was just a person And he's the person that's rich, that's white And that's male in this country And he gets to do what rich white males get to do But seeing that stuff happen right in front of my eyes At the presidency Like like the girl that called out um, Said Jamel Hill Needed to be fired when the White House did that. And then there was a report saying, oh, we're going to look into this person because she broke some rules. So it don't matter if she broke some rules. Nothing's going to happen to this person inside of this administration. Like, it's just, it's, it's not going to happen. What, what evidence do you have that says that somebody is going to pay for the wrongdoing that's, that, that they're doing in this administration? Like, Trump is, is, is real life Teflon out here right now. And if it's you or him that got to go, guess who's going to go? You out of here, son. It's not even, it ain't even close. You know what I'm saying? Like he is really moving like a mobster in this work. And so, yeah, I can say in all honesty, I didn't love everything about Hillary Clinton. Um, I definitely respect her as a politician and I definitely think she should have won. Am I going to look at parts of that book with the side eye? Absolutely. Those, those, Those sections where she's trying to get at Obama about things that she said in the campaign, that bothers me. And also I'm not a person that forgot the type of campaign she ran against uh, Barack Obama. She, she did a lot of that stuff, man. She, she mentioned some stuff about birtherism. Like she, like she, she, she evoked things and she did what she thought she needed to do in order to win. And now she's lost two major like opportunities to be at the, in the white house. And I think she got robbed. You know, well, I don't think she got robbed. I mean, I think the electoral college is just a sham and don't really need to be here no more. You know what I'm saying? But I do think that she, you know, I wish she could have finished the deal. I wish he could have sealed that deal, but she didn't. And now we stuck with Donald Trump. And if we don't figure out our game plan moving forward, he going he gonna to get reelected. That's just how these things go. It's hard to beat an incumbent, man. It is hard. Um, as somebody who was real active uh, for the second, you know, when George W. Bush got reelected and everybody thought that it was just going to be a, a rap, that he was going to be up out of there. Nope, you was wrong. History shows us it is really, really hard to beat an incumbent. So all this infighting, we gotta figure that out. And you know, is there's a way to have a conversation about and, and and honestly, why are you still talking about Hillary Clinton? Unless you looking at the history at the lessons that history taught us, unless we looking at ways to progress forward, unless we're looking for like her cows, her counsel and wisdom, why are you still talking about her? We lost she lost. It's is a rap. It's rap. It's done. Like when you playing hoop. And somebody got next and you lose, you get off the court. And so that that's hard to to, to to kinda deal with. But also I think this segues into this piece around Jamel Hill. Now, Jamel Hill is a part of um the six on Sports Center, I love Jamel Hill uh, from his and her fame. I've been rocking with her for a long time, her and Michael Smith. I think that they are just amazing talents. And I think that they bring a part of my culture into um, ESPN that's just has not been there, that's just not there. And I ride for them. I ride for them like like play cousins, yo. I really do. I ride for them like I know them because I think that they talented and I just know I can imagine how difficult it was for them to climb those ranks the way that they did. So Jamel Hill, she posted some stuff and she posted her her, her her opinion on her on her Twitter account. And folks, it's coming at her. Let me just revive. Let me just make sure everybody know what she wrote. All right. Donald Trump is a bigot. Um, glad you could live with voting for him. I couldn't because I cared about more than just myself. He is unqualified unfit to be president. He is not a leader and he is he is. Uh, and if he were not white, he would not have been elected. No, the media doesn't make it a threat. It is a threat. He has empowered white supremacists. See Charlottesville. Trump is the most ignorant, offensive president of my lifetime. His rise is a direct result of white supremacy, period. Donald Trump is a white supremacist who has largely surrounded himself with other white supremacists. And folks came for her. These people came for her. I remember I posted some stuff on Twitter saying like, yo, She's gave her opinion on her personal Twitter account and folks that I'm not that big on like social media. Like I don't have that big of a profile. Folks came for me. You know what I mean? And listen, I think Jamel Hill is so smart and always really tactful. And I think she's just a really classy person. And I think that when you say stuff about her, like, when you try to take shots at her character, when you try to take shots at the things that she does culturally, which turn out to be ethnically, I think that you're taking shots at who I am and the general makeup of me and my personhood. Like, I get the jokes that Jamel Hill tells on, on camera because it's representative of my culture. And so when you say that, because people are saying, oh, it's not just about Trump, it's about how terrible she is at being a host. And I'm like, but wait, like, Nah, man, like that's, that's not okay. And just remember, remember when, uh, John Stewart left the Daily Show and it took Trevor Noah some time to like get his, you know, get his boat floating the way that he wanted it. It took some time and he just won an Emmy or he got, he got nominated for an Emmy just now. Like it takes time to build up something, especially like that somebody that just came from Jamel Hill and Michael Scott are new, like they're, they're new in this time slot and there's a new segment of America that's looking at them. So it's going to take them time. And to try to say that she's not smart or insinuate that she don't know anything about sports because she's a woman is just stupid. Check her resume. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't have, like we've lost the ability to have nuance in this country, man. Like it's 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 really bad and it's really sad to me. And it's it's just, I just feel like we can do better. And and I think that that leads me to some of the things that I said as a goal in my plans for the next five years. I think one of my goals, man, is to like leave social media. And, and and I think so just because like, it just starts to wear you down, right? Like there's nothing there. The positivity on, but every like good thing I see on social media is marred by like nine or 10 negative pieces that has nothing to do with me. I don't care about Kevin Hart's personal life. Like I just don't, I don't care about, the latest person that got caught saying something or doing something like I don't I don't care about this thing that we have where we like to be able to be in control of people's destinies meaning that social media can build you up and take you from obscurity into like the celebrity right but with that same you know with that same and just power can like tear you down and tear down your personhood and I just feel like it just gets exhausting now there are some really great things that have come from Social media, man, like that, like, you know, like these movements, man, like that have been fueled by that. And I and I and those things, man, social media has helped me out a lot. Like the organization that I've built, you know, a lot of the love and respect that I've got has come because of social media, man. But I'm ready. I think I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to let it go and go back to a place where the only people that know what I got going on is from is if you close to me and you got the original social media, which is my cell phone. Like, I think, I I don't know, but that's, I think that's one of my goals. Um, I've definitely been on a lot less lately. I definitely have, man. Um, because I know at some point they're going to come for me. I know I, I know what that rise is, man. Listen, you can't, you got to be Jesus clean in today's world. They're going to get you. And I don't know, man. It just, it, 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 it bothers me, man. It really, it really does. And, um but we'll see I, I i don't know if you got comments or thoughts on that you know post them we, we can talk about it um but i am gonna have to let it go but here go the other goals that i set. i posted about this a while ago uh each year i said yearly goals and then major years i said you know i try to up my five-year goals and this year i did that i upped my five-year goals um and let, let, let's go through it this is an intimate moment so i'm gonna share them with you my first goal is just to build a strong foundation and legacy with energy converters. Um, I've been working energy converters for a long time. And just to be clear, energy converters is, a, is, a, is a, originally is an LLC that I started um, a few years ago. And that's still up. What you've been probably seeing more about, and that's more behind the scenes, all that good stuff. What you've been seeing more of is the energy converters paid um, student internship which is run through uh, a supportive nonprofit. So it's not really, it's not really connected to my LLC at all, but I love that name. And I love that moniker because I, I feel that it just stands for a lot. And I'm actually exploring more about that in my writing. Like, like what's the impact and effects. Slight, slight, slight sidebar. I'll give you the title without going too much into it because I haven't finished writing it yet, but like, in order for me to to, to kind of go through poverty and go through the things that I went through to kind of get to this point, like, what all did I really lose? and And not just externally stuff that people can see, but, like, from an emotional, like, personal standpoint, like, mentally, what was the toll that going through all that stuff to get to this point right here? What did it take? What's the after effects of that? And how does that stuff affect my life? Like, that's something that I'm thinking about writing well i'm actually writing it but i don't know if you will ever see it um but anyway back to these goals so the top priority is to build a strong legacy with this like how can i like really help people um that grew up the way that i did and like soften those blows man because the collateral damage um that i think that i experienced of just going all out like boss to the wall successful or bust um taking a bunch of casualties and bodies along the way, um, I, I, you know, hopefully this can help young people get to those goals without having to sacrifice so much from a personal place. Um, and I think that's a really deep conversation. The other thing is really like finish this doctorate and, and, and just, you know, for me starting something, um, it's a symbol and it's something that's really important to me. And I think it's something that that'll be really important to my parents. Um, and I've spoken on this before, but I, I, I think that with everything they had to go through, I think at the end of the day, for them to be able to say, hey, and we raised a doctor, we was, under, you know, I, I just think that that's important. And that's just something that, and I, and I want kids to see black doctors that look, talk like them, that come from where they come from, that still wear hats and listen to what they listen to. Um, like that stuff is just important to me. um. So, you know that that's something that um that I'm really, you know, trying to to knock out, and it's hard. I'm not gonna act like it's not. Dr. Stanley, I see him. That's my guy. Um, so that's that's a, that's a big goal, right? It's like finishing the job, you know, getting through that process, learning about myself. I think the other thing, you know, in that five year goal, that window is like, you know, writing books giving talks, consulting, like those are things that just give me energy. Um, I love giving talks and I love, you know, I have these ideas for books that I've kind of written and may or may not see the light of day. But I mean, that's something I just want to be deeper in in five years and hopefully (laughs) tell tell him I said, what's up, Brian? I I love his kids. Um, And hopefully, you know, I can actually, I feel like I can, I can knock out a lot of these things in three years as opposed to five. Like this doctorate thing, that should be done in two. I got this year classes and the next year is writing. Um, I think I talked about deleting social media already. I, I've already kind of taken some steps to be off there a lot more. And I think, you know, I think I think social media is starting to hit a crescendo. And I think that what's starting to make a comeback is I think text messaging through stuff like group chats. And I think that group chats present a safe space in a really judgmental world of, of social media. Like I, I know people that and I read their social media. And I'd be like, I don't know who I, don't, I was like, I don't know who you are like presenting to be right now. You know what I'm saying? And like I try to show um, like I try to show the grind and like the work and, and, and all those things, because I think it's important for people to see it. You feel me? Like, I think that, like, I just never had a blueprint. I didn't know how to become successful. Like, I didn't, I didn't know. All I saw, like, I saw my daddy selling drugs, yo, and I saw him, like, struggling with that stuff, but I didn't know, like, the blueprint of how, you know, I never seen a black doctor take that climb and what that meant, right? And and I didn't see, you know, all the people that was living good lives play ball, did music, sold drugs or whatever. So I, so I think that, You know, I use social media to, like, track that stuff a lot and, like, show, like, really good times and also show, like, those boring moments of, like, right after this, I'm going back to reading, right, and studying. You know, that's one of the things that I use it for. But I just see people, like, I see people checking social media before they have an opinion on something. I think that's just, that's just, that's a tough world to live in, man. Like, that's exhausting. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be so politically correct now, you know, and it's like, like. Ben Shapiro going to Berkeley to talk, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care nothing about Ben Shapiro. I don't agree with nothing that dude say. If Berkeley, if people from Berkeley pay for him and want him to go talk there, then go talk. Let him talk, and then, like, if you there and you have an opposing opinion, like, like, have a dialogue, have a conversation, right? But I think that we get so dug in on the left, so dug in on the right, like, we just, and, like, there's no more middle space. There's no more... Like that's, I think that was the thing with the Hillary Clinton stuff. Absolutely, I wish Hillary Clinton would have won. I said early on that Trump could win though, because I think that like, you know, I I just I just feel like we get so dug in and we can't have conversations anymore, man. We just can't have conversations with each other, and without it being all our war. And I just think that's whack. I don't want. I don't know if I want to be a part of that anymore, because I think I contribute, but I don't. I don't know if I want to continue to be a part of that. So. I, I I think slowly that stuff will start to go away. Um, I The other thing I wanted to do was actually start to get more involved in the other places that I lived. I love Oakland. You know, Oakland has been good to me. Oakland is really different. Um, and, you know, I was born in Chicago and I lived a long time in, in Kentucky, man. I just did a Google search, Google Earth, Maps or whatever, and Googled the place where I grew up in Kentucky. And I lived in two housing projects in Kentucky. I lived in what's called the Lincoln Court housing projects and the Elmwood Court housing projects. I think Elmwood Court is still up, if I'm not mistaken. Lincoln Lincoln Court is has been torn down. And so I did a search, and there was a house that I lived in across the street from Lincoln Court briefly with my parents. And I remember, like, I mean, poverty was just something different there. And you know I, you, you that house had like these holes in it and i remember when we first moved in and you know my, my 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 siblings were really really young and i just remember like tons and tons of of mosquitoes just coming in just biting us and we we're just all bit up and stuff man like i like those are the things i remember and so i look at oakland and i look at all the programs that's happening here in Oakland and it's a bunch it's a bunch of programs here that's aimed at black men it's a bunch of attention that that's that's in the news about our boys and men of colors programs and stuff like that and i know and i just know in places like paducah there's a there's a there's a void there and so what am i doing about that right like how, how how can i play a role here in oakland um maybe even a role in chicago where there's also a ton of programs but they still need a lot of help but like but I don't hear anything about like places like Paducah, Kentucky, because I was just reflecting. And if I had grown up there, yo, I just feel like there is no hope in that place. I feel like you get older, you start using drugs, you have a lot of babies and you go to jail and you go in and out. I'm seeing people that I knew who like missing teeth and 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 I just, I, you know, I, I just think it's one of those places, and when I talk about Kentucky, like I don't like the dismissive attitude that people give me about that place or just the way they write off people. I just remember some of the nicest people I've ever met have come from that place, and, I, and and that's the place where whatever manners I have, I formed them there. Like, Even though I went to a bunch of elementary schools, like those schools actually had me in a place that I didn't fall super behind when I moved here to Oakland, and I just don't like the general disrespect that that place gives because there are people – that live there and there's people that look like you and me that live there and you know this is where you start to understand i never understand somebody voting for trump but this is where you start to understand where somebody's like i will never vote for hillary clinton because i think that and i'm talking about black people i'm talking about black people that's like experiencing like real poverty and like look up the elmwood court projects you know it, it it's it's not built up high like you know in in you like you would see Brooklyn projects where you know where they build up. It's uh it's like a it's like a set of townhouses that would hold like two hundred and forty families or something like that. That's like and you know it still got clothes, clothes lines up and I mean it's super country and um and it's based off your income and it's just it's you know and I remember like having to do roach bombs and stuff, man. Like it's a different type of poverty and it's still spread out and um i just i just i just feel like i've done nothing to impact that place so that's a goal for mine of mine it's like not not to i'm never i'm not going to abandon my oakland work uh i'm never gonna give up on chicago man but there is this this other part of me this identity of me um that i want to like make sure um that i'm like looking at you know what i'm saying i think you know the other thing that I that I said was you know home ownership man has been something that I've kind of gone back and forth on I don't think it actually makes sense to own in the bay area anymore uh, I'm not really as enchanted with that I mean if it happens it happens but I actually think that I could own something really nice in the midwest and uh, have a place just for my family like like I really want to own a property that's really nice and have it called Cole Manor like and I, and I just want you know, you got to understand, man, like the psyche of mine. And it, and this is somebody who's like, I've made a bunch of mistakes and I continue to make mistakes and do stupid stuff. And I, and I try to be really clear on that because I think people feel like they've they've done something when they find out that you flawed. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we just live in a world so much where people got to act like they perfect. And I think you're going to see I think we're going to see a rise in. People doing stuff to themselves. I think we're gonna see a rise in suicides, and I, and not just like white folks. I think you're gonna see black people dealing with mental health in a different way uh, because we just put a different type of, of of pressure on ourselves right now. Like, like Kevin Hart is having whatever issue, his domestic issue that he's having with his wife. Like that's just not my business. You know what I mean? Like, as somebody that I've that we've watched go from nothing to something, as somebody whose book that I've read. And, like, understand what's in that book. Like, the issues that he's having with his wife and, and these other people or whatever the case. It's just not my business. And I don't take pleasure in, like, the destruction of another person. That, whatever pain his wife, him, his family is going through, I think that's a personal, private thing, man. And I'm just, like, and it, it's hard, yo, because if, you, if, if social media would have been around, like when my parents was, like, young and, like, when they was trying to figure it out, man, like, I've seen, like, like, listen, man, extramarital stuff from Kevin Hart, I'm not, that's not my business, I'm not excusing it, man, but, like, I'm like, damn, like, if they would have had a snapshot into the stuff that was happening around my family at that time, Jesus, my goodness, you know, it, it it's, 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 um, it's not healthy, man, like, it's just not healthy, like, and, and, and our fascination with celebrity culture and a and, and and I get it. I get like yo, if they got blessed with all this money and they got to deal with the other side of this. But at the at what point does somebody just become a human again? Like at what point can somebody like retreat and go take care of themselves and come back? You know what I'm saying? Like I I just don't. And why would I take pleasure in like watching the like destruction of somebody that 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 has done well by you know? that done well for itself and put all his friends on, man. Like, like I enjoy sports and like getting that LeBron James or, or I understand like having that, that person. But like, I'll be looking at social media. Like it's like real hatred, yo. When you, when you spray paint on somebody's house where they kids and a wife, like lay their head, like that's just a different level. Like from a basketball standpoint, of course, man, I give Kevin Durant a hard time about making that shift and all that stuff. But then just on a, on a on a competitive side of thing and then all fun and games but as a in life I think that's a good kid a good guy that made a decision for himself and like he don't owe me anything as an athlete like I would never disrespect that person by talking about by, by like trying to make him feel bad in social media man and then everybody gets to be a victim when you run up on somebody and they and they and they and they, and they do something to you. Like, that's where I come. I come from that type of place, man, where, like, there were, like, like, I've just seen real repercussions to people happen. Like, I've just seen, like, like, people die. Like, I've seen something escalate amongst people, and you couldn't run to a computer screen and type some stuff. Like, like, folks is, you know, folks is coming to see you, man, and I I just, I don't know, man. So, those are my goals, right? My goals is to build a strong foundation for energy converters, complete this doctorate, um, write these books and get these talks and consult, um, potentially just delete my social media. If you want to get at me, like you need to start sending messages now and get my number because I might end up doing that sooner rather than later. And, uh, and I think buying a home in middle America for my family, uh, just so nobody ever in my family has to worry about being homeless again. You know, like I said, as somebody who grew up in shelters and, you know, I still feel the effects of that stuff, man. I, I'm going to keep it all the way real with y'all, man. I had, a, um, I had a dream, like, earlier this week. And I was homeless again. I was back uh, at the Henry Robinson, like, waiting to get, like, fed. And some other stuff happened in it, man. I just remember, like, waking up at, like, 3 in the morning. And it, like, jarred me. You know what I'm saying? And what that does is, you know, I think that I've been successful. But what it does is it push you in a space It puts me in a space that I don't care what has to happen. I'm never going back to that again. And it's a lot of things that I sacrifice. It's that, you know, in life, I'm beyond, I I would cut corners to make sure that I never, that that never was my experience again. Like those are, I'm 34 years old. Like I'm a successful dude. Like these are still things that I think about, right? So, you know, if I can, be that beacon in my family. And I'm I'm not even super close to like my family like that. I think that, you know, we talk about, like I was just so ready to get out that life. I think I was so ready to, this is somebody who who, who I, I like raised my little brother and sister, right? And then when I went to college and I got that first bit of adversity, I cut everybody off, yo. Like I cut off, like it was just a lot of negativity coming from my family and I just cut it off. And I was like, I'm not dealing with nobody. And I never went back, right? And I never, you know what I'm saying? I felt like I take care of other people's kids better than I take than, than, than I probably took care of my brother and sister in my early twenties. Like I was just so like when my parents got clean, I was just so ready to not be responsible for other people that like I like left. And then I think that I put expectations on my on my siblings that didn't have to go through all the stuff that I went through. And I think that when those things didn't happen the way they were supposed to, I think I was just, I was just in a place where I was done. You know what I'm saying? And maybe that might be a large part of the reason why I do a lot of work with young people or whatever the case is. And, you know, I'm sure my, my brothers and sisters live great lives and are doing whatever it is they need to be doing. I think that in my mind, it was like, yo, all these people went through this stuff. So you didn't have to like suffer and you could do some stuff with your, with your life. And, you know, and so I don't know I, I I don't I don't know what that is but I but I do know that you know chasing and making sure that young people that I deal with in Oakland got what they need is important. I do know that um that making sure that I lay out a blueprint for what success can be is important. I do know that talking honestly about my shortcomings is like you know is valuable for somebody, you know, and I think that people will be better for it, but I don't know, man. So this turned out to be a really personal podcast, but it's all good. I hope that y'all enjoy it. And I think that, you know, I, I, I feel like there's a way that we can check on each other and push each other to be better and insulate our social circles in a better way. Um, to make sure folks got what they need. Because even though I think the world is more connected than it's ever been, I think that what what that means is we are now personally more isolated than ever before. Like, I don't know how alone a lot of people out there feel. You feel me? I do know that in the 80s and 90s, even with everything going on, I felt like I had more people that you could kind of like talk to. Like, I don't think that that's really the case now. And I think that you seeing it with like, especially these young rappers like that triple S Estacion cat. Um, a lot of these new rappers that's coming out. That's really like, like we have folks like Joe Budden and Eminem that would talk about like their mental issues and stuff like that. But I think it's, it's ratcheted up in a different way because these young folks are growing up in this, in this non-human contact social media world. And I think that it's really taking a toll on them, man. I think that when you see the type of stuff that's happening on social media, I think, and I almost forgot. And I just, I put it out in my head cause I didn't want to talk about it. But when you see, you know, the, the, the terrible story of that baby in Chicago, um, that got set up by her friends. Like, I mean, I'm playing, I'm praying for everybody in that situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, Chicago's in a crazy place man I I be telling y'all like Chicago be having some You know and I think It's easy when you looking out You know and you ain't never been in that environment And it really ain't all of Chicago bro It's like a It's like small pieces man And so when we see that though right And we see how that played out on social media And now everybody trying to be like a detective And figure out what happened And I mean Like there's just no private Like but that that girl's family has to relive that stuff every day on social media because on your Facebook, you feel indignant enough to kind of say, oh, I think this is what happened. Nobody care what you think. Unless they say shouldn't. I don't know if I want to trust a 22-year-old ranting about what happened in Chicago over a forensic scientist or the detectives that need to like solve that case. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if... It, like, when did Facebook and Instagram replace, like, a grieving family's, like, need for privacy? Like, when did that happen? And why are we okay with that? But, I don't know. I think I'm trying to convince myself because I'm also, I'm addicted to social media just like everybody else. Like, it is, it is built up the pro whatever profile I got the fact that I can write and, and 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 go travel and speak and all that stuff is due in large part to social media like I owe a lot of my success or whatever the case is to my social media you know what I'm saying and like and to think about letting that go like I mean I got into a car accident today and for whatever reason I don't know I just like I guess I just needed to like talk about that so I posted the picture and of like a part of the accident and i posted it on to instagram and i'm like wait why like and i was thinking about that later i was like why did i like do that like why why wouldn't i call like my brother you know what i'm saying who's who who i just saw last night and be like yo i got into a car accident but i'm good i'm a little annoyed this is what's going on like why would i think like what 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 switch has been flipped inside of me that like that was the, that was the play I got to let that shit go, man. Like I I I just like I just feel like we got to let that go. And and I'm fine. I I mean, I'm a, I'm annoyed and upset cuz I got to go through the stuff to get my stuff fixed, right? But like I'm also blessed too. Like I'm also looking at myself, I, you know, my younger my younger broke like simple self is looking at my uber complicated successful whatever new self and being like like, Negro, if this would have happened 15 years ago, like, your life would have been over. And not just from, like, even if you were safe in a car accident, like, you wouldn't have had th- that, that, that would have set you back in a different type of way. Like, you actually can, you just gonna be annoyed for a week or two, but you actually got all the means to make sure that that's, that that's taken care of. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 I hate when I see people talk about being happier doing like the times when they were super broke, uh, than what they are when they actually got money and success, because I think it's a slap in the face to people that's still in that grind. Right. I just think things just look different. And I think that like, you just gotta make a decision. And I think that you gotta, you gotta make a decision of like, look, this is how I'm a rock. This is what I want to be. I'm not going to be perfect through it. I'm gonna do a lot of stupid stuff. If everybody knew the stupid stuff you did Nobody, <laughs> nobody on social media would like you. Well, well, they wouldn't social media like you, but in their own circles, they'll be like, well, I really don't care about that. And I think that there are people that's watching this and that listen to my podcast that go through the same thing. I think that, I think, I think that is the same. I think there are people that go on social media every day, like, damn, if they really knew what I thought about this, or if they really knew how I felt about issue X, or if they really knew what I did last night, or if they really knew what I did a year ago, damn like they give me up out of here social media is getting people fired now and i just i just feel like it's just it's just creating a generation of fakes man it's just creating a generation of like <laughs> of fakes that's walking around with heavy ass shadows um because we just live in that type of society now so i don't know what i do know is i'm going to do the best i can to be a better version of myself to hit my goals, to deal with whatever mistakes I make, um, to add value, um, to not give off the portrayal that everything is fine 24 7, eye a day because it's not. Um, to talk about like the joys and thrills of being an entrepreneur in this space, but also the parts of it that's like really scary and the parts that I have not, you know, totally under like I've not totally learned yet. Um, you know, I think that those are like really important things, and I don't think that we're having real conversations about those things. And if I was a young person now looking at social media, and I was, especially with the type of young person I was with the stuff that went in my mind, I wouldn't even try today. I wouldn't even try because I'd be like, damn, we're already we're already gone to that fight. So I already got suspended for doing X. Oh, I already experimented with drugs. Oh, I already had a, a relationship that didn't go well. And I, and, and, and I cut somebody out or I cheat on somebody or somebody cheated on me or like, Oh, I already got that situation where, you know, my family got this issue, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like you putting, we putting young minds in a place where they just like, well, damn, well, let me just put tattoos all over my face and just wild out and drink lean because this don't mean nothing no way because as soon as they find out who i am they are gonna get me up out of here so let me just not care like that that's the space that i think that we in right now and i'm saying that as i scroll down and i look at how folks is going in on Jamel hill how folks is going in on kevin hart how folks is going in on like what somebody wore to the emmys like i just saw a thread and i was just like wait is this whole thing about what somebody just wore Is that is that what happened? And the reason why that happens is because social media gives you a tool to humble and hurt people that you feel got a lot of things in life that you didn't get a lot. It's your way or our way. Let me put myself in that of, of bringing somebody down to your level. That's what that is. Because as much as I don't care for what a Kylie Jenner or Kim Kardashian does, I also don't feel the need to constantly and incessantly bash them. I just don't. I think that people are survivors and people thrive. And some people are can, like, take situations and turn them into whatever they turn them to. And some people better at it than others. But I don't care. Like, I just don't care about those people. I don't care about a black China. I don't care about, like... This racist white man over here. Like, I just I just don't care. I just don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't. It's okay to say I don't care. Every issue is not the issue that needs to stop my day and take me and put me into a different zone. All right? It's not yours either. Pick the things that you really care about. Put passion in that and go, go on with your life, man. Go on with your life. Your life is not what Kevin Hart did to his wife. Your life is not what this person said about that person. Your life is not a tweet that somebody did five years ago. That is not your life. Where is your life at? Where are you with your insecurities? Because we all got them. I got mine. I got the one. Listen, man. There, I, I, like I, I just told you one that woke me up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. And I, and I know you got some too. Like, but we spend so much time inspecting and judging somebody else's life that we don't do nothing to fix our own. I don't care about Pastor X. I just don't. I just, I just don't. I don't know Creflo Dollar. I don't care about what Creflo Dollar is doing. I just, I don't. I don't. I know you want me to act like I do. But I just really, really, really don't. <laughs> like I don't. That's for him, his God, and his congregation to deal with. If them people want to stop paying tithes with him, then they should stop paying ties with him. I ain't never been to one of sermons. I don't know. I don't know the man. He asked for a jet. I think it's stupid, but who cares what I think? That's not my, that's not my fight. We're jumping in everybody else's fight but our home base is steady getting attacked. If our home base, if our own psyches was a house, is your house still standing? Like, is it really? If you over here looking at everybody else's flowers and everybody else's gardens and everybody else's swing set in their backyard, is your lawn green right now? It's been times when my lawn is not green. That shit is brown. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And that's just that's just where I'm at man That's just where I'm at And so I'm going to do the best I can To add some value I'm going to take my nicks I'm going to take my scratches I'm going to try to not do as much dumb stuff as I do But I'm still going to do some dumb stuff And I'm going to just try to make sure I'm good with my guy Joe <laughs> You know what I'm saying Like, And I'm going to just try to add value To my family But Yo, man, ain't it tiring to like act like you perfect all the time? Ain't it tiring? Like, ain't ain't it tiring to have like a a a just to have an opinion about everything? Like, ain't, like, don't you sometimes you just want to be like, I don't know, and I don't care. What you think? I don't know. I don't know. Well, such and such said, I don't know. Sorry. Well, you must not care. No, I care a lot about a lot of stuff. I just don't care about that right now because it has nothing to do with my line. Do I care? Yes. Donald Trump potentially egging on North Korea to shoot bombs our way and for us to shoot bombs back. Yeah, I really do care about that. I'm really afraid of that, and I really spend a lot of time thinking about that. Maybe too much. But what the celebrities doing? I don't care. Yeah. Whether somebody say I like charters over traditional schools or whatever, I don't, that's, is that really, no, I don't care. Everybody's felling black kids. Everybody is felling black kids. Everybody is felling black kids. So, no, I don't care if a a black parent wants to send their kid to a charter, if they want to send them to the school around the corner from their house, or if they want to sit at home and school their kids themselves. That's not my, no, I don't care. They can make that decision. I want to make them help the best decision for them and get on with my life. I don't care because you think I should care. Anyway, man, I feel like I've been somewhat nagging on this one, but when this will happen, when I don't talk to y'all for a while and I just hope that somebody gets something out this. I just hope that me being honest with folks and like, me talking about what actually what my goals are and what sparked those goals help somebody else. And if you really want to like contact me and get get to know me and know what's going on with me, get my email address or my phone number um, because this social media stuff is going to be done in a little bit. I'm about to be through with it. But I still got love for my people, man. And I still want to see us do better. And I'll do whatever I can. Um, to make sure that I do my part like I say at the end of every podcast take care of yourself (laughs) and take care of each other Um, we got a lot to be happy and grateful for man so get off of this when you are done and go be grateful for some stuff And then figure out what about you you want to fix. And then damn it, if you need to talk to somebody, then go talk to somebody. I'd rather you do that than hurt yourself. I'd rather you do that than go out and drink a whole bunch or smoke a whole bunch or take some drugs or cut yourself or go and spend time with people that you don't need to be spending time with or whatever the case is. Or getting sucked into whatever Thirst Trap is online or whatever the case is. Whatever your vice is, because guess what? Everybody listening got their vices. So stop super judging yourself extra hard and just go get the help you need. Whatever that may be. So, signing off. Take care of yourselves and each other. Peace. This is the Cold World Podcast. And thank you for listening in. Uh hopefully you will I am going to I usually would say share this on social media and all that stuff. Share it however you feel like you need to share it. Uh, and if you want to give thoughts and opinions, uh comments are always welcome. Peace.